Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast. You gonna rank us 11? Hey, does that make them 12? Go ahead. Does, does that, that, make, make, does that make you 12? Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Alright, welcome to the pod. Semifinals are done. Two more blowouts. Except one wasn't the blowout we were expecting, so not bad. Who the hell let the ACC get two teams? This should have been written into the <laughs> the damn bylaws. The ACC is not allowed to have two teams. <laughs> we got tricked. Woo. We got tricked, didn't we? Yeah, and not, you know Notre Dame pseudo member, but yeah, a combined thirty eight point margin of defeat for the ACC. Good times, good day. We were basketball tricked. league still. I would uh. I would also like to declare myself the uh, the 11th ranked podcast host in America. <laughs> it helps that you will then perform brilliantly. <laughs> Our listeners would you like would like it if you were on less pods though, you know, much like Ohio State played less games this season. So That's yeah. true. Less if I just uh, didn't didn't do enough pods. Yes, you, for, didn't, you didn't host as many Dan. Yeah. For Dabo. Dial the ba- dial somebody's the back claiming I'm saying Dabo wrong. Ah. How do you say it right? I think, it's a made I think up you word. Do, I think you do, by the way, but it's kind of charming. You, it's a fake you word. You pronounced my last name wrong, Dan, and I've known you for 25 years. You went to college with my older sister. Thamel. So. Thamel. <laughs> I can't say it. Not any. really, but it's close. No, Thamel. <laughs> it's because I mispronounce. I mispronounce everything. Yeah. Davo shouldn't take offense. I, mean, I don't think you're he does. Equal I've talked to him. I've said it just to his name. I, it's not a real word. It's dab boy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who's to say what the pronunciation is? Some really? guy, his, was it his is brother. Not a real word. Was his brother called him that boy? Yeah, his brother it's called him that boy, and it became dab. I mean, it's not a word. What do you want out yeah. of me? Anyway, right. tough break, buddy. They were chanting your name in the Superdome, and it wasn't because you won. <laughs> so I don't think uh, I'm. That, uh, they were chanting it clear as day. Uh, we will start with that one. We'll get to the. Uh, the uh, Rose Bowl in a little bit. I'll have two two quick thoughts, uh, and then I'll throw it to you, Pat. One, uh, <laughs> if you watched, other than Trey Sermon, if you watched Ohio State play in the Big Ten championship game, there was no resemblance to what we saw. <laughs> this is why I, ref- I was saying the other day, I don't want to bet this game because I have no idea who the hell these guys are. That was unbelievable. Justin Fields was unbelievable. The defensive line, unbelievable. Offensive line, unbelievable. Every, every, the cornerbacks, everything Ohio State did was incredible. Justin Fields threw six TDs and six in, and six incompletions. Uh, uh. I, phenomenal. That team did not play two weeks ago in the Scarlet and Gray. That could not have been the same team. I did. I do not believe it. Second, Clemson, just awful game Oof. plan. Awful game management, awful play calling, awful execution, just brutal. How many times are you going to punt when they you don't punt? Like third quarter, let's establish the run. Dude, you're down 21 and you got the greatest quarterback in the history of the school. Throw the freaking ball. I'm not even a Clemson fan. <laughs> Do you see the tall guy with the long hair? <laughs> Let him chuck it. Don't yeah. hand it. Was he running? He ran the triple option at one point. What are you doing? <laughs> He's six foot six. You can't help but hit him. I I got so mad at Clemson and I don't even care. <laughs> I cannot even imagine Clemson fan right now. Oh, losing their mind watching that play calling. Yeah. Okay. 
First of all, kudos to Pete Thamel, who called this game correctly when I didn't see it coming at all. I, I did not think Ohio State could win the game. But, Dan, to your point, they played on a level we haven't seen them come close to against a good opponent this year. You know, I mean, they housed Michigan State, fine. They beat some other bad Big Ten teams, fine. But against Indiana, they gave up most of a four-touchdown lead and had to hang on at the end. Against Northwestern, it was absolutely a grim struggle for survival. And as you said, if, if Trey Sermon is not Eddie George, they don't win. But then tonight, they do everything right. It was unbelievable. I mean, Justin Fields was so decisive with the ball. That was the big difference to me. It games, those two games against ranked teams where he would hold the ball and be indecisive and let plays break down and take shots and throw interceptions, that wasn't him tonight. Now, maybe that's because they had gaping chasms in the uh, Clemson secondary or what. I don't know. But they, they had guys open, and he hit them, and he was, he was, he was so good. And that's after having, you know, maybe his ribs broken or at least bruised on a heck of a hit. So, you know, kudos to him for rising to the occasion. Kudos. To, I mean, the play calling was was outstanding. Trey Sermon, again, was so, so good. The big thing, and, and Pete actually alluded to this last week during, or earlier this week on the pod, was just the line of scrimmage. They owned the line of scrimmage on both sides, you know, which allowed them to run the ball and kept Clemson from being able to run it. And then, yeah, Clemson, holy crap. I mean, that was like, we we got behind him. We didn't expect to be behind him. We don't know what to do. And Dabo, actually, I will say, if you look at his coaching, he is a pretty conservative guy. He is not a, let's just open up the playbook. Let's run fakes. Let's run gadgets, any of that stuff. He doesn't do that. And so I think he got behind. It's like, well, fourth and three, you're supposed to punt because you're always supposed to punt on fourth and three. Instead of thinking of the situation, which is we can't stop them. And we've got Trevor Lawrence, and we need to try to score because we're not going to stop them. It's like that never entered into the consciousness because that's just not the way he's wired because they're not used to being in these kind of games. I just think that they're, they were, you know, it's the Mike Tyson thing where everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, and then they had no plan. Well, I'd like to sit here and tell you, like, after I picked Ohio State uh, on the podcast, I, like, strutted around all week confident in my pick <laughs> I actually went on uh Larry Williams who does a great job uh, covering Clemson you guys know Larry for uh Tiger Illustrated up there uh he uh he had me on his podcast this week and we broke down the game and Larry does a great job so he starts pointing out all these glaring flaws in Ohio State and I left the podcast and I was like oh my god they're gonna lose by 40 now I didn't really <laughs> think that but the case for Ohio State involved leaps of logic right like, I felt good about the line of scrimmages, and I felt good, like, 1 to 40 talent-wise that Ohio State had more talent. I think I thought Clemson had the two best players, you know, uh, on the field with, with ETN, just, you know, lifetime performance, not NFL prospect, but and then obviously with Trevor. But I did feel like Ohio State had more kind of high-end players after that than, than Clemson and could, could take advantage of a bad offensive line for Clemson, mediocre defensive line. But, like... Justin Fields, for them to win, needed to play unlike he had played. The reason I picked Ohio State was I thought we could see the old Justin Fields. And the return of Chris Olave was really the key mm. to that, I feel like. I really feel like oh, I really feel like Olave coming back just energized that offense, you know, compromised the, you know, really mediocre Clemson secondary. And uh, boy, how about that Garrett Wilson catch early in the uh, early mm. in the first quarter? Uh, you know, it was Huge. it was a it was a good throw by Fields, but I mean Garrett Wilson like going up, contorting his body. I mean he's a five star kid from uh, for, from Austin, Texas, uh, and that's like that's how you keep being Ohio State and you keep ending up in games like this is because you get recruits like that. And then you know Olave was just elite. I think he had six for buck thirty nine, something like that, two touchdowns. You know, it seemed like Day really made a point to get the tight ends involved, which I can't really quite say we've mm. ever really seen Ohio State since Urban Meyer got there. I can't ever remember a tight end dominant game per se, but they do have good tight ends. And uh, and, and I really feel like I really felt like that was like a nice little uh, a, a nice little wrinkle. Uh, Ruckert had three for uh, three for fifty five. Farrell had two for eleven in a touchdown. And uh, I really felt like. 
that was one of those little big game things that you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. That was a uh, that was a good little uh, a good little nuance. So now, just for the Alabama game, we need Justin Fields playing safety, and Ohio State should be fine. Well, Fields was was I mean, as as good of a performance as you're ever going to see. Yeah. Pretty cool. much missed a couple balls. Actually, though, I mean, he actually could have had another deep one. Uh, but I mean, that second quarter was just absolutely the game got away from him. It was like he got he got hotter and hotter. The confidence started going, and and Clemson, I think, just started looking at it like they they just look shell shocked. Uh, and then obviously you get the targeting hit and the the rib injury. He's wincing. He can't ride the bike. He goes in the magic tent <laughs> with the big Buckeye leaf on top that kind of looks like a marijuana leaf. I'm just saying. <laughs> What happened in that tent? That thing I, was like the suggest, Santa Anita yeah. racetrack. What happened in there? I mean, he comes yeah. out and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'm looking good. Like, oh, <laughs> not so much medical marijuana, but a, a handy syringe there. Well, right. maybe. I don't know. But Let me ask you guys this. I put zero thought to this notion. Has anyone had a better game in the college football playoff era? We're in year seven. Like, has anyone had a better playoff game than Justin Fields had tonight? Yeah, Burrow last that Oklahoma no, against Bur- Burrow yeah, at Burrow, seven yeah, Burrow, yeah, Burrow, yeah, Burrow is unbelievable. Now, I don't know if that counts if Oklahoma counts as a playoff. <laughs> Oklahoma opponent. games don't count as playoff <laughs> yeah. games, man. You know that. <laughs> Zeke Elliott against Alabama stands that out. That was pretty impressive. Yep. I don't know what the numbers yep. were, but that's. Yeah. Um, the 85-yard run through the south. That was yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some big ones there, but. Yeah, uh, it's no. in the conversation. Oh, like I, I wasn't hailing it no, as that, but I, I certainly think when you have six touchdowns, six incompletions, and it play as well as he did. I said in my comp tonight, it was one of the great quarterback performances in Ohio State history. I don't think, you know, Ohio State actually has a pretty like pedestrian quarterback history, considering what a great program it is. And uh, I, I can't ever remember a Troy Smith game of that caliber on that stage, or a Terrell Pryor, or a Craig Krenzel. I mean. I, I mean, Craig Krenzel had seasons where he didn't throw six touchdown passes. So. I mean, Different yeah, there was like a sure. long uh, social media debate about, you know, all of a sudden, because a lot of people are only watching this game. And like, why isn't he the number one pick? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a little recency bias on that one because I watched the Northwestern game. Let's, uh, and Trevor, yeah. you know, Trevor was not, I don't think, great. That He had the weird fumble, no. uh, but he was also just getting mauled. I mean, I, yeah. the, the whole line just gave up blocking by the third, the fourth. <laughs> yeah. And, well, but and he was 33 of 48 for 400. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I, I no, didn't criticize a 400 yard passing. Yeah. But yeah. he yeah. needed to be well, better. Playing from behind, like you, you're going to get this, 400 yards. This was, this was on uh, Coach Sweeney, so I don't mispronounce his name. They, they were not, they were playing walk it up basketball in a fast break game it was just mm-hmm. why are you punting and punting and punting why are you running on third down it was yeah. uh, I didn't, it was just no connection no their offensive right. coordinator was out and then defensively you know this is the big thing pete wrote about it pat you wrote about it venerable's ability i don't call it stealing signals i think it's picking up on signals because if you're going to lay it out there right i don't know if it's really stealing but whatever you want to call it they were totally disorganized i don't think they were getting signals they were the first sermon touchdown run they weren't even set up they, they they're completely out of sorts out, out of position and then to ohio state's credit they absolutely diced them on it that little yeah. hesitancy but they were moving around the second I mean, nobody was set for anything mm-hmm. it was a brutal brutal coaching performance on the clemson staff it was you know and, and whether you know it Boy, it's so funny because there's enough mystery and intrigue and mythology and aura about the Clemson signal stealing that you just don't really know where that ends and Clemson being good at defense begins. You know, you just don't know. But this was one of those games where you looked at and said, okay, Ohio State knows they're stealing the signals and is ready for it and combats it and then just absolutely barbecues that defense. And you're like, ah, okay. Correlation, perhaps. Now there were a couple of obviously the Skalski ejection was huge because Skalski's a really important player for them. Also, the the like the one play that I thought where Clemson still had a chance. Uh, I believe they got it down to 14, and 
Ohio State's facing like a third and nine and throws a check down to Trey Sermon, and he weaves through guys and gets the first down, and then they go down and score, and after that, school is out. You know, it's like Venables had his chances. They had they had some chances to stop him, and they just couldn't get it done. And again, you don't know how much is scheme and how much is execution and how much is just the fact that Ohio State played out of their ass, perhaps. I, I followed up Pat's excellent sign-stealing story from going into the first Notre Dame game this year with one of my own on uh, on on Yahoo this week. And it was, like, startling, like, not only how, like, open that opposing coaches were in talking about the sign-stealing, but they were almost, like, just really impressed by it mostly. Like they wanted to talk about it. Nobody had called and was like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. They were like, oh my God, they've got like nine guys with binders over there. <laughs> like you should see them. <laughs> like <laughs> they were like giddy to, uh, to, to, to talk about that. So one of the coaches uh, texted me after the game. He said that, you know, they used intermittent tempo because tempo is one of the things that you can, you can combat it with. They obviously huddled some, I can't say they huddled every play. Right. But there were some, there were some sugar huddles, which allows me to say my favorite term of 2020 sugar huddle. My guy, couldn't tell if they had like a if if Clemson had any different kind of sideline operation. But if you invest as much personnel, manpower, and energy in stealing signals, and you can't seal signals on defense, that has to throw you off in some way, shape, or form. Like that is you you can't negate that as a uh, as as a factor uh, as a factor from there. There was a former Ohio State GA named Chandler Whitmer who I actually know because he used to work at the quarterback collective camp every summer. He left to be from the O line GA at Ohio State to become Clemson's quarterback GA. Now he's a former college quarterback at UConn. He's a high school quarterback. He he was actually one of Justin Fields's like trainers in high school. So he kind of came up with Justin to Ohio State, but he left to Clemson to go kind of go in quarterbacks because there's, you know, if you're a former quarterback, you have a better chance of being a quarterback coach than an O-line coach. So anyway, that had the Ohio State building pretty rattled because, like, it wasn't like, oh, they know our signals. It was like, actually, they know all our signals because one of the guys doing the signaling is now is now there. So there was, like, a lot of time and energy uh, addressed into that. And from talking to people at Ohio State this week, there was there was some genuine, like, animosity towards like, okay, you're going to rank us 11. Okay. You're going to steal our signs. Okay. Like there was just like they, the, you could, you could write the Ryan day pregame speech. Like it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be that hard. And people inside there told me day didn't necessarily play up the number 11 thing. We don't have to like your players aren't blind. They have social media. They know dabble ranked them 11th. So there was some, there, it, like you saw that Ohio state sideline early after the, after they tied the game at seven, it looked like, like a, like a Mardi Gras mosh pit. So yeah, Buckeyes were Buckeyes were fired up. It was uh, that was it was a fun little uh, a fun little wrinkle. They were talking about it after the game. Uh, I think we have uh, some of the players in the Ohio State locker room on their you know IG lives and all of that stuff were hyping it up. I I said last week Dab- Dabo's explanation for the eleven was completely reasonable, but why do it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right and. You know, as a resident of the Midwest, we are petty people. <laughs> we 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 are scorned. We are scornful. We, we give us oh, you're looking down on us living. There's nothing Ohio State wants to be poor little old Ohio State. Just this 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 little opera. Oh, nobody's believing in us. Over eleven, it perfectly reason. Just you don't do it. You just don't do it. It's just stupid. Like. Now, did it did it change the game? Like he said, he was, he was right. No, but it just becomes this thing, and it's like just should have ranked them number two. Put them ahead of you. Say, yeah, somebody out here thinks Ohio State's better than you guys. Oh, it's me. Like, I don't know. I just the coach's poll, just classic that it came up. Nick Saban gets my vote as the greatest college coach of all time. At the very worst, he's in like the top two or three. But what does Nick Saban hate more than anything in the world? is giving anybody else bulletin board material or giving your own team any self-inflation. I mean, the rat poison, rat poison is his term, and and his quarterback, Mac Jones, used it tonight. Somebody asked him, said, you know, are you going to use the next couple days? Before, you know, have you got a little time off to, to work on your Heisman acceptance speech? He said, that's a rat poison question. Because that's, you know, hey, we do, we do not talk about anything positive. You know, or any any self-aggrandizement, that's not how they operate. And Dabo just just absolutely gave 
uh, Ohio State that. And so if Nick Saban thinks it's important, then I think it's important. So, you know, did, did, is it realistic maybe that Ohio State needed more motivation? No, but you just gave it to him anyway. Nick Saban, just listening to Dabo's comments, would have broken out in hives. <laughs> just, just like the oh. mere act of having to hear somebody explain himself doing that. There's a, there's a great story from Patriots lore um, that I certainly wasn't told firsthand, but I have no problem repeating. Uh, they had a safety up here in New England named Brandon Merriweather. Remember, he was from Miami. He was kind of like undersized, yeah. hard-hitting oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, so he was a good player. Like, not, nothing special, but a good player. And so at some point in his rookie season, I actually think they were playing like my Miami and uh you know some beat reporter in the locker room asked him about Wes Welker and my details could be fudged here so he says something to the effect of like I think he's Welker's one of the best slot receivers in the league something like that like fairly benign not anything that was like going to be any kind of filter so Belichick starts the team meeting the next day you know basically like just dresses down Mary at the point where Merriweather didn't talk to the media for like two years because he just was so spooked about saying the wrong thing but that chain of thought saving Belichick all that like don't give them any fodder don't give them any material don't give them anything and it, it was like something to the effect of you've been in the league for 10 flipping minutes how the heck do you know <laughs> and I, I do not think those uh, those Ned Flanders pleasantries were used to spice that up but yes like it, it just Dabo sometimes and this makes him perfectly delightful makes no sense like we need we need mm. less guys doing it by the book like you know, yeah it's great Dab Dabo's hitting on yeah. 17 in blackjack you know he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't play by the rules he didn't, he didn't appreciate it all right let's move on to you got any final thoughts on this I'm mean, obviously we'll talk Ohio State Alabama going forward all right let's get wait, wait, quick blush like can Ohio State beat Bam or maybe we can talk about that after this yeah well, let's 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 cover yeah, the other semi first yeah, yeah. That's, that's called a tease to the audience that's <laughs> a tease <laughs> keep listening Alabama 31, Notre Dame 14 in the glorious Rose Bowl game played in Arlington. Uh, I made jokes about the sun setting over the Walmart. People thought I was making that up. No, but no. then they saw there is a Walmart <laughs> just west of AT&T Stadium. I've been over. I've been in that Walmart. Been to that Walmart. It's a good Walmart. As Walmarts go. So, uh, but there was no sunset. Pat, you were there. I think the weather's not nice. Yeah. Uh, and there's, anyway, anyway, who cares? Yeah. What's the freaking Rose Bowl? I mean, I, there's no sunset because there's no sun. It's been cloudy or rainy the entire time I've been here. It's been just tremendous. They literally had to call it the Rose Bowl so we know which group of executives are ciphering off the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, it. Yeah. The Rose I said Bowl. they had like Rose Bowl hand sanitizer. Like, like they all like. And all the all the like the floral arrangements. I wonder who got like the kickback on the floral arrangement in like Arlington, as opposed to the guy in Pasadena, who I'm sure makes a makes a mint off it every year. Oh, oh, Pat, Pat, Pat has some. Right. Okay, yeah. very good. <laughs> what you really need to get is the Rose Bowl Cotton Bowl, both logos quarter zip that everybody was wearing. That, <laughs> yeah, that thing was zips. sweet. The double because logo. You can't share any. We have no money for the players. Yeah, no, no, no money for the players. But right. the bowl executives have plenty of money to move their game around. And but yeah, okay, no money. No, uh, that's <laughs> well, what was the, the story? Pay, they had to give two million dollars to the city yeah, of Pasadena. City of to Pasadena, move it. they gave them two million dollars. Yeah, it it in South Boston they call that a kickback. That's right? a kickback. I don't know how they're going to. That's gonna, a shakedown. Yeah, I don't know how Bill Hancock's going to par parse that and, you know, put it on the ledger. But, yes, that's, that's a like goodwill Whitey gesture. has Pete. a revolver a, in your kidney. Yeah. Yes, that's a goodwill yes. gesture, not a shake. Man. <laughs> There's been one ever it, real investigation into a bowl game. It was the Fiesta Bowl that produced the most amazing uh -huh. amount of graft and rip. <laughs> I mean, insanity. Guy threw a $30,000 birthday party for himself. The, he had four country club memberships. He had a $2,500 a month in car allowance for himself. Can you get affordable car for $2,500 a month? Anyone? Anyone out there? No. Like, and then nobody else has had been investigated. Like, that's it's, it's yep. just that one, right? Like, <laughs> like, where the hell's the FBI on this thing? I mean, it's easy pickings over here, boys. <laughs> Come on now. Look at this. 
Look, they just paid two two million. They probably dropped it. They probably dropped it to him in ten hours. Oh yeah, we got that on hand. No problem. We're liquid. All right. Anyway, let's get to yeah. the stupid. They game. make Christian Dawkins look like a. Choir. Oh my God! <laughs> this is it. We're Christian Dawkins, the worst guy in the world. But these guys are throwing millions around to politicians. Good lord, college football. Uh, this is why we're stuck with this thing. Anyway, this is how we get Notre Dame playing Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> This to me, I've covered a, a, a number of fight. I covered a few Manny Pacquiao fights. I'll make a Manny Pacquiao related in AT&T Stadium. And this was a Manny Pacquiao fight where he did not respect the other opponent's right hand. So he just walked him down. It is a boxing match where you just can you just know. You could you could throw some nice jabs, you can do a little spin, you can you can bob and weave, you can you can roll out of a punch. I'm going to get you eventually. I will walk you down in this ring and I will beat the living crap out of you. You don't have a chance. And that's what the whole game was. It was like, it really wasn't a blowout for a while, but at no point was the game competitive. It was just like, eventually Alabama is going to do this. Najee Harris going to leap a dude. Devonta Smith's going to get in space. It was just like, this is not a competitive football game. And I thought Notre Dame played pretty well. They, they didn't totally embarrass themselves. They got some stops. They moved the ball. Um, but this was no contest. No, it was, there, it, it was no contest. It ended up looking a little bit like a contest. But Alabama's first three possessions, boom, score, boom, score, boom, score. We were done. Okay. It was 21 to 7. And Alabama could basically name the score. There were a couple quirks that I think went into making it a little bit closer. But watching, and you guys have been there to Jerry World. It's a great stadium. The press box is on the corner where you can kind of almost get an end zone view and you can just see things really well from there. You, you can't necessarily see, did he make three yards or did he make five? But you can see plays open up. And Alabama throwing the ball into space was the just a colossal mismatch because their guys were so much faster than Notre Dame's guys. You know, it's like, we're going to get the ball. You know, I mean, the execution was incredibly good. Mac Jones is is really, really good. Their receivers don't drop the ball. They block well. Everything, you know, they, everything they do, they do very well offensively. And it was just like, oh, my God, Alabama's going to name the score in this. Now, they they got conservative at the end of the first half because I think they wanted to take the air out of the ball, score, go into halftime, and then get the ball at the start of the second half. <clears throat> Miscalculation to a degree. They didn't score at the end of the first half. Then the weird thing, they started the second half with a very conservative uh, possession. But when they wanted to throw it out there, it was wide open. Their guys were open. They caught it. They ran. They scored. I mean, they've got glorious skill position players. They're a lot of fun to watch. Notre Dame is very, very fortunate, I think, that this was just a 31-14 to 14 game, really. I mean, Notre Dame's got grit. They've got some good players, no doubt about it. I mean, they're not a bad team by any stretch. It's not like they didn't deserve to be there because who the hell else do you want to see play in that game? Anybody that was going to be the number four was going to get trucked in this game by that Alabama team. So I don't blame Notre Dame per se. Kelly was super uptight persnickety after the game, which you could pretty well see coming. But Texas A&M, we've already seen them get blown out by Alabama. I think, look, I like the Cincinnati team. They were going to get blown out by Alabama. So this is the way this game was going to go. Yeah, it was like just a, an utterly like predictable game, right? Like every single thing you thought about going into that, that game going into it pretty much happened. You knew Ian Book would look skittish and Ian Book looked skittish. Like you knew Ian Book would like really have to scramble in for yards. Alabama didn't let him scramble for yards. You knew Notre Dame's receivers and corners were overmatched and they looked overmatched. There were glimpses, right? Notre Dame's got some burst at tight end and they've got, some, I'm sorry, bur burst at tailback and some talent at tight end and a good offensive line. And there were moments where they moved the ball and those players were highlighted. But for the most part, this was just a methodical, clinical, like Alabama blew them out in third gear and never had to go into mm. fourth or fifth gear. And it's a good analogy. It, that was the, the fourth and fifth gear were available and they just didn't have to. Uh, they didn't have to go to them. I mean, how good is Devontae Smith? Like, not that we needed uh. like another reminder, but that was just like ridiculous. And then. 
like two guys go with him one way on one of the touchdowns, and Billingsley like is wide open in the back of the end zone on the other. I mean, he just is what a wonderful, devastating, skillful, beautiful player. Look, it was a much easier uh, effort, uh, degree of difficulty on some of these passes, but Mac Jones only had five incompletions. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about Justin Fields was six. Mac Jones, yeah. 25 Mac Jones of 30, great. 297, four touchdowns. Uh, you're going to win some yeah. games, and that's your quarterback. Yeah, they they just, they're, you know, we'll get into it more deeply. I, you know, it's obviously, I don't think, the greatest defense that uh, Alabama's put out there. I don't think anyone thinks that, but then again, Notre Dame scored 14 and seven of them were at the <laughs> the last yeah. minute of the game, which screwed up the point spread. <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame filthy backdoor cover. Really? <laughs> that was a filthy backdoor cover. Although in fairness, they had they missed the field goal and they had another they had a touchdown call back. And I mean, they yeah, were down there yeah. knocking a few times. But yeah, there was a lot of interest in the last minute of that game. That had nothing to do with uh, anything. Brian Kelly after was pretty defensive. I don't blame him. I, I, I you know, I think he 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 kind of pointed out what you said, Pat. Like, look at all the other margins of victory here. Alabama is yeah. killing everybody, and maybe Ohio State can beat him. I, I'm certainly not ruling that out. But everyone else has gotten trucked by him. I just think the gap between one and two or three in this country in this country sport right now and Six, seven, eight is is enormous, and so I, Notre Dame's a good program, and I, they probably will be back, and they keep recruiting well. But there's a huge difference. We talk about this a lot, but there's a huge difference in recruiting when you, people look and see the classes ranked one through twenty five, and they see number eight and number two, and you go, "Oh, it's not unusual for the eight, number eight team in the country to beat the number two game, team." On a Saturday, right? Really not that unusual if you're just watching college football. It's a that the, the ranking is not proportional because the gap between each spot is not equal. It's like one, two, three, four, and then there's this huge gap. And then so Notre Dame sits around, gets like the eighth, ninth best play. You know, I think I had the 22, 22 five stars on Alabama, two on Notre Dame. Yeah. It, it's just they don't have the skill player, they don't have them. So I don't think I don't think there's a solution for Notre Dame. I don't think they're ever going to get there. I don't think they stink. They're a really no. good team. They're good. They're good. Seventh best team. Eighth best. Sixth best. Fourth. They're good. They're just yeah. They're not beating Alabama anytime soon. No, that's the neither thing. is I anyone mean, else. I, no, you identified it that that there is a, a a huge alarming kind of depressing gap between one two three and everyone else, and they're on the wrong side of that gap. And I, it's not good for the sport. We've discussed it plenty on this podcast that, you know, it's much better when this is a, a more national game and a more, not necessarily parity-driven, but more teams at least have a chance. And right now, those teams are operating at such a higher, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are operating on such a different level than everyone else that it, you get these semifinal games that suck. Frankly, now, you know, we didn't see Clemson, Ohio State being a bad game, but it turned out to be a mismatch. But but this one, yes, everyone saw this coming and we've had so many of these blowouts and these semis. It's uh, it's not good for the sport, but that's where we are. And you're not going to ask Clemson, Ohio State and Alabama to apologize for it. How long do you think until we get movement in the playoffs? Like 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 there has been this season unprecedented unhappiness is probably not the right word, but just unprecedented rancor that has, uh, that is, that has come with this. Our, our listeners would be happy to know Pat just got up to get a beer, um, at one thirty-six in the, uh, in the morning, Friday to Saturday. So cheers, if Pat, you, what do you got? If for you us? listen really closely yes. about a couple minutes ago, I cracked a, another bush light. <laughs> yeah, I heard yes. that. I heard that. I hope okay, the I heard it. it. The, the, the real diligence, the good the good tin ear is a tin ear a good ear or is yeah. that a bad ear? Tin eared uh, listener probably heard that. When will we? When will we see it? That's what you're asking. Because what were you saying, Pat? Yeah, or, like, go back. I, what I was saying was like, like, do you think this crazy, chaotic, expensive season and money really will drive this decision? So like the pandemic robbing these athletic departments so much money may be the biggest driver of it all. When do we think this is the season that expedites it? So the last round of expansion essentially happened because Alabama and L I'm sorry, the last round of playoff expansion essentially came because Alabama and LSU played each other in the title game and everybody else got pissed off, right? Like 
there you can complicate it with a lot of different things, but if you had to sum it up in a fortune cookie, that's what happened. Like Bama LSU play twice, rest of sport mad, playoff soon. That's the best way to put it. So was is has this season been enough? I, as we pointed out earlier, two ACC teams got got invited to the playoffs somehow. Like, is this season been cost ineffective enough and just chaotic enough and pissed enough people off where we are uh, we are flying at that eight games faster than anyone would want, would, would want to admit uh, any of the uh, any of the stuff shirts in their seven hundred dollar a night resorts. You know, I, I think the the changing of the guard is a big part of this. I think I think we're going to end up with all 12 years of this playoff, but the younger athletic directors and commissioners are not wedded to the Bulls the way they were. First off, you make a lot more money in college at, at college administrations now than you did in the 70s and 80s when you could basically offer a guy and his and his wife and it was always a guy who's the AD, uh you yeah, know, a, a weekend yeah. golf outing to 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 uh Phoenix to Scottsdale and buy him championship golf and drinks and and he was in he was indebted to you. And that's what those bowls did. They smoothed. And they had ADs making a million dollars a year. You know, they don't they don't need Caribbean cruises. They don't I think that's a big part. You've got a lot of those older eight commissioners. The, just think about that for a second. The lack, sorry to cut you off, Dan. The lack of necessity for ADs to be given free cruises <laughs> is why we're going to have a playoff. Like you said it, like matter of fact, like Pat's nodding, sipping his beer. <laughs> like it's preposterous. I, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say that's it. But, well, I had, a, I, had, I had one of those bull guys once say to me, well, we don't do, uh, that, that stuff doesn't play a part in, in, in anything. Well, then why Come do you on. do it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Why Why do you do it? You just yeah. give there away kicks, millions. There are kickbacks because kickbacks work. I don't want to go through all. But yeah, I mean, they, they, the Orange Bowl used to give a cruise, a Caribbean cruise. They get all the ADs and commissioners on the cruise and float them around the Bahamas and stuff. Like, this is what they did. And then he come, oh, these guys, we got to protect that Orange Bowl. <laughs> Jeez, oh, like, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't swayed at all by the five days of getting drunk and sunburned. No. <laughs> right. Why'd you go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you want it? I went on the I, Orange Bowl I think cruise one time. Part. Not that one. Not that, not that one where they absolutely buy off the athletic administrators. But when Notre Dame played Miami 1-2 in 1989, uh, in at in Coral Gables, the, the Orange Bowl hosted a cruise for the media. I went on that thing, and why? Why are they doing that? So they Dan may just... never talk to you again. By the way, I know. I, w- I was twenty five years old. They were going to give me free <laughs> drinks on a cruise. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's like I could have been bought by a guy playing three card Monty. They didn't yeah, need cruise executives. <laughs> You throw an extra uh, bag of peanuts in my hotel room and I'm going uh, <laughs> No, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, but no, the money will be bigger. I, I think they realize this is boring. The sport is basically women's college basketball. There's, mm. there's, mm, you start wow. the year, there's a couple teams. You mm. got your Connecticut. Hey, can anyone beat Connecticut? And maybe they can. And sometimes it's exciting, but a lot of times they can't. And the whole, it's, yeah. I mean, they have that women's NCAA tournament. It's like, you know, 60-point games early on. There's not, it's basically women's college basketball. It's three, four teams a year. Somebody else gets in the Final Four, and it's a nice story, and they get smoked. And, and you know, you got, you got a couple teams, and that's it. So that's yeah. your sport. Um, that's a pretty good analogy. Yeah, that's pretty it, yeah. pretty much it. So that's your sport. Is that what we want out of the sport? You'll no. be seeing that column on Yahoo on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> can steal that one from Nick me. Nick Saban is Gino R.E.M. Gino R.E.M. <laughs> and Nick Saban. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, the sport needs help. I I do think I do think that there is a push to it. I think that there'll be a lot more. There's going to be a lot less resistance. Yeah. I mean, they, there yeah. was just resistance on people. They didn't care they were getting ripped off. They didn't care. Like the whole concept that you just paid your system just paid two million dollars. You know, like where do you think they get the money from your teams? There is no such yeah. thing as the Rose Bowl. We found that out this year. Without your pre-marketed, you paid for team, you provide the product, they make the money. Yeah. This year, you didn't provide the product. 
There was no, there was no thing. So yeah. who's two million just got dished off to like the county commissioner out there or something? Your money, Ohio State, Jim yeah. Delaney, your money. That's what would happen, you know? So we spent a lot of time uh, in our careers and on this podcast discussing the phony reasons why there was an expansion and why there won't be expansion or whatever. Do you think the advent of name, image, and likeness, which is essentially players being able to make money off their own name, image, and likeness, which is long overdue, as we know, do you think that will be like – because one, one of the legitimate reasons for not expanding the playoff is – the chance to get hurt, right? Like really yep. good players can get hurt playing all these extra games, but like nobody's going to like not play Furman and get 86,000 people at Clemson to like make Boku money. They're not going to give that up so Clemson can play in a playoff game, right? So do you think now they'll be like, oh, well, you know, Johnny's got a free, free, you know, uh, Mustang from the Ford dealership and he eats free every night at uh, Hall's Chop House in Greenville and he's getting, you know, 20 grand off his jersey sales. He can play another game. Like, do you think that like that that comes into the rationalization of it? I, I don't know. I, I just think like the world is changing very dynamically in college athletics in the next year. We are going to have the year of most change that I think we will ever see in our lifetime. I, I think from like January 1st until December 31st, college athletics are going to be so radically different. There's going to be things we're not even prepared for. And so I really feel like this will be that that will be one of the one of the things that can help push this playoff um, over the end zone. here. Yeah, no, I agree that, that, that yes, that if you are in college athletics as an administrator or commissioner or whatever, you should be looking at this and saying, "It's everything's getting blown up around us. Let's let's keep blowing it up, including the playoff structure and including something that's going to bring in more revenue." Because again, yeah, we are going to be spending more. The players are there's going to be less money necessarily going to the athletic department than there 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 already was obviously this year, but. Again, we've talked about this Baumhauer's chicken wing place in Tuscaloosa. You could you can pay $500,000 for signage in Bryant-Denny Stadium, or you could allocate that money to four different five stars or eight different five stars or whatever the case may be and, and spend it that way. And that means less money for athletic director Greg Byrne and more money for the players, and they're, they're going to want to make up that money somewhere. Yeah, you have Najee Harris signing autographs down at the chicken wing place yep. tomorrow night or Mac Jones signing, you know, and you're, you're going to sell a lot of chicken wings. You don't think every eighth grader in the country, in, in the county would want to go to the chicken wing place to get Najee Harris's autograph. So that like, money is going to the players and not that. So I think that's a big one. I also think this whole two things happened this bowl season because of COVID. One is Alabama flew into AT&T or it flew into Dallas. Yes. Uh, whatever the day before the game. Um, yeah. So the big thing on why we had to keep the bowls in play on this, these major bowls had to run it and control the system because the bowl experience, which was ridiculous. The players want to play a game. The bowl experience is phenomenal, but if it's a playoff game, you're so nervous. I, you don't care about this stuff. It's not an exhibition. You want to play Alabama. I, there is a one Alabama player right now going, boy, I wish I had gotten to do uh, whatever, right? Like that, that that's just not fun. But if you're in the playoff, treat it like a playoff. So that romance is gone. The fact they played the Rose, like the bowl industry, Pete used this phrase a lot, but it's like pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And they are, they are hogs and they are getting slaughtered. And then all these other games, no one's playing in them. Right. Everybody's opted. Christian, when Christian right. McCaffrey opted out, that was like. The, the, that opened it up. Here we go. So the bowls are not as good. They nope, The players aren't considering it. This big thing. It's like the whole thing seems to be a joke. We're going to get to the great Mike Leach taking pictures while his team's brawling. <laughs> <laughs> like that to me was the bowl season of 2020. <laughs> In a nutshell. What? <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to get to it. I'm going to oh, try yeah. to keep on point here. But I just think it's like all of this is just like, what? What is this stupidity? And at some point, I just think it's been stripped down. It's just like, all right, nobody wants to be here. Nobody wants to yeah. play in the game. Why are we doing it? What the hell is this? Do Are we really letting these idiots control us? Because we need the money now. And we're letting these morons steal our money 
<laughs> for what? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> likes this anymore. I like it. I'm a degenerate fan. I watched it. I watch them all. But you can do this better. <laughs> okay, I don't want to see <laughs> bowl games go away. Believe me, I want those noon games. I want the whole thing. But come on now. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got to stand up and say, this is absurd. No, there, there's an appetite, obviously, for the noon game on Thursday, December 30th or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, the, to, people will watch it. ESPN is not programming it for no reason, okay? But, yes, the the, the entire bowl construct, I think, has been exposed more than ever this year. I mean, because so many players have opted out. Entire teams have opted out. You know, <laughs> I mean, how many ACC teams said, uh, don't even consider us for a bowl, we're not going? Uh, we ended up three and seven. Mississippi State did go. You know, I mean, it's just it, the whole thing has been a farce, really. And so I think that now we have a better, clear understanding of what this whole thing's about. And is there a better way to do it? Yeah, there's a better way to do it. Yeah. Th- thank, thank. God. Look, I love all the ridiculous, superfluous, uh, irrelevant bowl games. Like nobody likes nobody likes a random. You go to the Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> I go, I go, I just crestfallen. You know how many texts I got the night of the Boca Raton Bowl? Like, how are you doing not being there? Like, I was <laughs> sorry for your grand. loss, Pete. Sorry for your loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been difficult. Thank you, Dan. I appreciated the card you sent. It was very, very thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, but the, like I yeah, I, I love all of it, but it, it is not all necessary. And you know, I was talking to somebody today about this ESPN owns I'm going to guess 80% of the overflow bowls so like that stuff's never ending you know what I mean because they make big money off that because if Colgate or Taco Bell God did we see enough Taco Bell ads today those of us who watch at home like if Taco Bell buys ads for the playoff they also get them in the Boca Raton Bowl too you know so it's just all this synergy of this month and all these games people rip them they do monster ratings like I guarantee you the Boca Raton Bowl does way better than any regular season college basketball game this year. Like I guarantee it. If somebody pulls up a stat otherwise that that, that conflicts that, I will uh, I will I will send them a, a Venmo beverage if any of our listeners can do that. But I just like there's just no there's just no doubt in our mind. So ESPN a while ago was like, well, we could throw on two crappy college football games and call it a bowl, <laughs> or we can have Louisville play Kentucky in basketball. And they're like, let's put on the crappy football games and we can synergy it up, uh, you know, with our sponsors and everything. So that's 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 where we are. But Yes, the the I feel like, and a smart AD said this to me um, when the Rose Bowl stuff was unfolding. I feel like this will be the detachment of the playoff from the Bulls. And now, if you want to symbolically attach them, still you can, but the financial attachment is just stupid, and it it it, it should end. And there's we're in the unwinding of it right now. Yeah, nobody respects nobody respects the Bulls. So I think that'll be. So I, I think after twelve they'll they'll flip it. I don't think it'll be sooner, but maybe, maybe. But I think it'll be this, sooner. They need the money. They need the money. Maybe it is. I don't know. But there's there's better you see ways these places to do this. like Iowa State. Like 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 if you're like, wait a minute, we can get a million more bucks. Like what are we Done. doing? Here? Right. What are we doing here? And yeah, exactly. And there might be a better way for us to get in. Maybe yeah. you know, just the the whole the whole concept of home field advantage. All you know, more money into your own communities. I mean, I've always said that they celebrate how we give yeah. money to to Arlington, Texas. That's great. What has Arlington, Texas ever done for college football? Well, they <laughs> produce a lot of players, but you know, like yeah, right. Uh, anyway, let's get to the big event. Yeah, the Lockheed Armed Forces Bowl, <laughs> <laughs> which already boxed out a military academy. So you can start there. Yeah, a three win Mississippi State team defeats a ranked Tulsa team is a pretty good game. Yeah. Then we get a brawl. There's a brawl. There's a kick. There's guys taking helmets off, putting helmets on, running around. Mike Leach, Mississippi State's coach, is in the stands celebrating this. <laughs> what are you celebrating? He won four games. Uh, it's so unbelievable. He's getting his picture taken He's off. Celebrating team. getting to leave Starkville and go to Key West on his private <laughs> plane like, in 24 here, hours. <laughs> it's like, look at these rubes. They're actually excited that we won this thing. <laughs> Can you believe it? 
Literally, people want to celebrate with me because we beat Tulsa in a rainstorm in the Lockheed Armed Forces Bowl. The SEC's the greatest. They're paying me like five million a year for this crap. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Holy probably gosh. like six. Yeah. Six? Yeah. I couldn't make this up. <clears throat> got a big bowl bonus, I'm sure, for I'm winning sure that game. I'm sure you got a bowl bonus. Of course uh, you did. I was talking to a coach the other day, by the way, whose bowl game got canceled, and he was mostly pissed because it eliminates all their bowl bonuses. Oh, that. sure, yeah. And that's a big, that's a month paycheck. Someone took a month paycheck for me. I'd be pissed. You guys would be pissed. You'd feel that. Hell yeah. yeah if I made five million, I might be. I might. Yeah, but those assistants. It was an, it was an assistant know. coach. The assistants, so like, yeah. yeah okay. Oh no. Assistant oh, coach. No. All right. All right. Those guys. Plus, you get good swag. Yeah. No. Look again. Everyone loves the Bulls. Anyway, there's the fight, and then uh, Leach basically says after, yeah, well, whatever. Like it's a football game. We had a fight. People are angry, and Coach Leach, the ESPN game day people were just. I said Herb Street was basically calling for him to be fined and practically fired. There was just anger, and uh, I cut. Uh, social media was outraged. As we know, I basically love fights in all forms. <laughs> was not offended. Shock. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and I would not be talking about the Lockheed Armed Forces Bowl unless this happened. I thought it was exciting. And ESPN's the worst. ESPN is the absolute worst. We are, this is ugly and horrible. And we're completely, this is no place in the game. And we're going to show the replay another hundred times. <laughs> That's true. That's for sure. There's no, going mean, to be. At least I'm clean, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you're consistent. Okay. You're consistent. The outrage. <clears throat> I was, all right. I was, I was disgusted about it. I really was. I, because it's just such cheap garbage sportsmanship. I mean, like. It was I, a three-win team in the Armed <clears throat> Forces Bowl. It, 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 what do you expect? This was not, this is not Sunday at Augusta. I know it's not, <laughs> but can we possibly get through the stupid Armed Forces Bowl without people <laughs> kicking oh. other people in the face? Or here's one for you. Oh, this is all just, you know, harmless fun. There was a Tulsa player that got hit in the face with a helmet, all right, and got a concussion out of it. That's not a good thing. Are we oh, okay that's, with that? They think you should be a, you could be arrested for assault with that. I yeah, you could be. Yes. You could Bunch be. Bunch of morons want to punch each other in a helmet. That's fine, but that's not all this was. That's not all this was. I was far more offended that the Armed Forces Bowl didn't invite Army than that there oh, was yeah, a right. fight at the end of it. Like, that's well, yeah. It's much yeah. more, much more <laughs> viscerally offensive. There's a fight and some knuckleheads yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Our yeah, army sure, needed like, a loophole yes. to get into a bowl at nine and two. This yes. is my thing. Yes. You cannot expect anything out of a complete money grab. Yeah. Where it's the Armed Forces Bowl does not invite Army. They take this completely undeserving team. They stage this thing in an empty stadium on a middle of a weekday just so a bunch of people yes. can get paid. And then you expect the players to ad adhere to some moral and ethical code of what? Of what? It's not a moron ethical code. What I would expect code? the players to not brawl and to not hit each other in the face with a helmet. The I guy with the helmet, I got no much. part of. The rest of them, you want to fight? It's, this is all we're watching. We're gambling. The entire thing exists so people can gamble. That's it. Nobody is watching Fine. that game other than a few of us. I don't gamble, but I watched. There aren't a whole lot of us. That game exists so you can gamble. There's gambling ads. There's. I mean, this entire thing is a joke, and we're going to kill wrong, these Dan. players. Dan, you're wrong. The entire game existed so Mike Leach could give this post-game quote. It didn't mar anything we did out there whatsoever. It's done. The root of it is dumb, no matter what the root of it was. The continuation of it was dumb. I would have, I would have it solidly in the category of dumb. Where the dumb started, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> so somebody asked him like how it started. And his quote was, yeah. where the dumb started, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, that's it. I think it started in 1989 when Pat went on that cruise. That was really Maybe. That's it. That's it. Maybe. If we need to find the start of dumb, we could cut uh, back to 25-year-old Pat double-fisted Miller Light bottles out in the Florida Keys. <laughs> ideally, there is not a fight. I will say that. But uh, 
Like this is what when you're out when when ESPN is going to spend like 10 minutes of game day outraged over that and not look at all of the circumstances around this total absurdity and then show the highlight 1000 times on no, every one no. of their shows cuz ever up next a new camera angle from the brawl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they got graphics. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I will not dispute the hip, the wild raging hypocrisy there. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. And that's, you know, college sports brings this crap upon itself. I just, I would like to see people, you know, like the friggin' Stanley Cup playoffs you know you these guys go out and literally beat the crap out of each other and then they shake hands afterwards and here we've got two loser teams basically you know kicking each other in the face i didn't i did not enjoy watching it pat wants the west virginia team to huddle around the army uh you know the the alma mater after the game you know you want that you don't want the brawls i'll i'll, I'll take the bowl brawls but it's yeah. sully let's see he grew up in the wilds of tennessee of course he's That's gonna right. go for this <laughs> I'll take the bull bras. You can take the singing alma maters together. Sully yeah, didn't get hit in the face with a helmet either. That's fine. Uh, That's that guy, true. Arrest that guy. Just, yeah. Uh, even in MMA, there's a couple standards. Not many, but a couple. <laughs> Why did I know we were going to talk way more about this than the <laughs> Cincinnati Bowl game? With sure. Haven't discussed Najee Harris jumping over a dude or Devontae Smith's foot. Uh, that's fine. That's okay. We are who we are. I gave you guys no. plenty of time to talk about how awesome <laughs> Devontae Smith was, and that catch was sick. That catch oh, was sick. unbelievable. Uh, that catch is sick. I, I would say I, I I don't want to no, I'm not even gonna say it because it's too much. But but he is a the best technician I've ever seen in a college receiver. I'll say that. Wow. Wow. The uh I tweeted some irrelevant, uh relatively relevant news scoop this week. Oh, UMass hired a new offensive line coach for UNH. So I put that out today. We're on our way. On Twitter Someone on Twitter wrote, um, so it might, or it might have been when the old one left for Utah State. Someone on Twitter tweeted, "Your podcast partners are right. This is way too deep in the minutia." <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, "You don't need to tell them that, all right?" <laughs> Pal. Yeah, we we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, that hire was so obsolete. You probably told the guy you got hired. He <laughs> needed. <laughs> <laughs> Obsolete's the wrong word, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. Obscure. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we promised this. We teased it. We teased it. Title game. Quick thoughts. We'll do small sample quick thoughts. Small sample title game. Uh, Pat, your thoughts on who? Uh, your thoughts on the game? You don't have to make a prediction. Okay. I think it's going to be an awesome game. Awesome. I, I was blown away by Ohio State. Uh, it is going to be, you know, if we, if what we saw carries over, it's going to be points all over the place because I don't think either team can stop the other one. Alave, Garrett Wilson, Trey Sermon, woo! But then on the other side, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, woo! I mean, there are weapons all over. There's susceptibilities for both defenses. The one thing I will say, and this this we the, we're on the overreaction here just after the games. Alabama came out of that game like, yep, okay, what's next? Ohio State came out of that game like, oh, my God, we just routed Clemson. <laughs> Kerry Combs is doing confetti angels on the field. The players are hugging. Ryan Day sounds emotional. It's like, whoa, you know, it's like you just won the big Final Four semifinal. Are you going to be ready two days later? Now, they don't have to be ready two days later because this is football. But still, I think Ohio State expended a lot more in the semi than Notre Dame did, or I'm sorry, than Alabama did. And Alabama is like everything is backloaded for the final. So I think Alabama, I like them in this spot. It's interesting. They have, they have some of the some of the same weaknesses, right? Like they have uh, both safety pairings are probably like the worst position group on each team. And until Saturday, I didn't know that Justin Fields could beat teams over the top this year. He proved that he can throw the ball over the top on Saturday. Yeah, like I think that Fields' performance on Saturday night being transcendent, essentially like gave you a path where you could talk yourself into Ohio State winning. Whereas if they had won, you know, like the same tenor that they won the Northwestern game. But all of a sudden, like Trey Sermon, that wasn't a blip. That's a trend now, uh, that performance. And Ohio State, I don't think their defensive line or their offensive line is better than Alabama's. 
But I think ragdolling Clemson in both of the trenches gives you a chance where you can say, okay, we can hang in with Alabama. We're not going to be overmatched by Alabama. So fun game, a lot of really just dynamic, awesome skill players. And uh, yeah, I had two great play callers, right? Is, is anybody calling plays better right now than Sark and Ryan Day? I don't think so. So yeah, just such a such a fun matchup on both sides. Really look forward to diving in it uh, next week with you guys. Agree with both of your takes. Obviously, if this is Ohio State we're getting, it's going to be phenomenal and the Buckeyes can win. I think we know that what we're going to get from Alabama, but uh, tremendous. This is I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm excited we're going to get to a final game, hopefully. Uh, right now, uh, early betmgm.com uh, odds Alabama is a seven and a half point favorite over under 76. So light them up. Uh, it's not going to be a defensive struggle, according to that. All right, we will be back next week. We're going to break this thing down. We'll whatever the mayhem. There's more bowls coming. Uh, we're going to get it. Appreciate you guys uh, letting us stay up and have some laughs and uh, and do this. Uh, keep subscribing, sharing this on social media, and we will talk to you soon. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.